Howdy hobos, all you astral vagabonds, all you wanderers of the digital road. I'm so glad that you found your way here. It's both an honor and a privilege to have you join us. It's true. My name is Mark. I'll be your camp host. Welcome to Hobo Safe Camp. I know it seems like I say this every week, but it's only because it's true. And today, today, right now, you are in for a treat. We are joined around the virtual campfire by Juliana Ramirez for a discussion about transformation and using our past and present as the launching points for our futures. This conversation goes so many places, I'm not even sure where to start. I don't even know how to describe it. You're just gonna have to listen. You're gonna have to go get yourself a big bowl of hobo stew over from the big hobo pot cooking over there, pull up a chair, get comfortable, and settle in on this journey. You'll be so glad that you did. But before we get started, I just wanna take a few minutes to talk to you about Open Lines Radio. If you're listening to this, you've already discovered us. But if you're only a listener of the Hobo Safe Camp Virtual Campfire, you may not be aware of all the other voices that Open Lines Radio has to offer. And you really should go check them out. Now, I get it. Not all netcasts on Open Lines Radio are gonna suit your fancy. Or maybe they all will, but some of them might not. But I assure you, there have got to be at least one or two that will speak to your soul. We're a group of people who are just trying to connect in a no-frills way. Uh, we're not as concerned with production costs or lining up celebrity guests. We're just here to share this journey of life with as many people as possible. So here's what you're going to do. Go to www.openlinesradio.com and check out the list of netcasts in the upper right corner and go to town, start listening. You can also listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and pretty much any podcast app that's worth its weight in salt. <laughs> Just search for Open Lines Radio and magically, bling, we appear. And if you would like to add your voice to the Open Lines Collective, please send a direct message on Instagram to at Open Lines Radio. And be sure to follow Open Lines Radio while you're there. And also be sure to follow me, Mark. I'm at tincan.telephone. And you might as well follow at Hobo Safe Camp. And also follow our guest today, Juliana, at the underscore ethereal underscore frequency. And if you're feeling generous and would like to donate to Open Lines Radio, please go to www.openlinesradio, click the donate button, or go to paypal.me slash openlines and make a donation. All donations go to covering the costs of keeping Open Lines Radio online and free. Okay, let's get to Juliana. She's going to tell us about how a court reporter can transform into an angel of mercy. It might sound dramatic, but it's possible. There exists in all of us the power to change. Just because we've labeled ourselves as something, or worse, have been labeled by someone else as something we don't have to adhere to the restrictions that accompany those labels for the rest of our lives. We don't. You can change tomorrow. You can change right now. If you're not feeling happy, why not give it a try? What have you got to lose? So ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages, please pick up the tin can telephone that stretches from the tree fort in your heart to the clubhouse in your soul. Put it up to your ear. Can you hear those vibrations? Let them ring out as love. Jules, ramble on. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all alone. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all alone. Ain't got no one to love me, no place to call my home. I haven't been as consistent lately, but um, I actually went back to school. I'm a college student in my 40s. It's <laughs> That's cool. Super weird. That's and it's cool. exa it's so weird that I, it's so random. Like I, it was literally random, but I just went back to school. So I've what, been kind of busy. What, are you, what did you go back to school for? Um. I'm studying divinity oh, <laughs> at that's Loyola. Cool. Yeah, at Loyola University. Nice. 
what was so random about it? like what how did that um literally a year ago my mom she was like why don't you go back to school and i said oh that is not for me that's so dumb i would never do that and it was like just these little nuggets kept kind of falling in front of me um like on a path to school it was really weird uh my dad had i live with my parents and um my dad had called me upstairs one day. He said, he's a pianist. He's a musician here in the city. And so he has a lot of musician friends. And he called me upstairs. He said, I want you to see someone on TV. And it was a friend of his who had passed away, you know, like years ago. But he was in an interview, like with uh, Chicago Public Libraries. And I loved this guy, like ever since I was a little kid. And he was talking about his life, which was really interesting. And he said that he had gone to Loyola. And he was always a really spiritual person. He was hilarious and an extremely talented entertainer. Um, But when he was talking about his spirituality, which was, you know, not rigid, it was very um, just people oriented and inclusive of all kinds of faith practices and he was just going on and on about it and I was crying I was like oh my gosh I miss buddy and that stuck in the back of my head of where he went to school and then a couple months later I had this very interesting dream that I still ponder to this day about having these two bottles of wine and in the dream I had to share them and I was given like the it was like the typical like fairy tale kind of scenario where I was um, given like three choices, like who to share the wine with. And ultimately, I chose like these energies that I haven't met yet. And I kept thinking about going back to like going back to school. It was really weird. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to refine something like something organic, but refine it. And um I don't know how it happened, but I was like trying to like analyze the dream, you know, and I found myself in the tunnels of YouTube and all of a sudden I saw this video about chaplains (laughs) and I was like, isn't that just for priests? And it's not, it's actually like a career. There's even chaplains like missions for people who are agnostic, who don't believe in anything. And there was this panel of chaplains talking about their work, and I was fascinated. And I said, I have to do that. I have to do that. And one of the panelists said, I went to Loyola. I loved the program. So here I am. Wow. (laughs) It's so weird. And I applied, and I was like, gosh, this is a lot of work to apply. Um, And, you know, I've been to college before. I'm a court reporter. So I went to, like, community college. You know, it's like a white-collar trade, what I do. And um, I was a really good student. And that whole thing, like, that program is extremely vigorous and difficult and weird. But that was, like, 20 years ago, you know. So I was like, well, I have the grades to get in. I, you know, whatever. But it was so much work, and I kept wanting to give up. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of old. I'm 41. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go back to school. But I kept doing it because I kept Something thinking was of that. You. Yeah, I kept thinking of that video, and I was like, damn YouTube. Like, <laughs> how long ago? How long ago do you think um, the interview with your dad's friend took place? It took place, I think, in about 2002, maybe. It was like in the early 2000s. Crazy how this this interview from like 20 years ago. Exactly, because it was on like um we have we have CLTV. It's like a Chicago, like a local Chicago cable, and um yeah, it was at the at the Harold Washington Library, and the interviewer. I mean, it was so great, you know, public television. You know, it was um a really good interview because he's a fascinating guy. His name is Buddy Charles. Like if you were to Google him, I think the Chicago Trib had done an amazing obit on him. And I remember reading that. I was like, gosh, you know, he was kind of famous and he was like really good friends with my dad. And um, when I was little, I was really sick. I think I was like about my son's age, like 10 or 11. And I had a kidney infection And he wrote me this really beautiful handwritten letter. And he was like, your father always talks about you. They both worked at the Drake, at the Drake Hotel. That's how they met. And um, they played like in the lobby, you know, at night. And um, 
he wrote me this really beautiful letter. And I just remember thinking, gosh, that's really cool. You know, when you're a little kid and we didn't have the Internet at that time and someone writes you this handwritten letter talking about how your dad says he loves you so much and I'm praying for you. And it wasn't like the typical because I went to Catholic school and it wasn't like the typical kind of like old fashioned language. It was just so personal and it was so real. And then I remember meeting him face to face, you know, all like with my siblings and my mom. And he was so nice. And watching that video of him talk about his life and his own children and his wife, um, I kept thinking I was feeling really grateful in that moment because I think that friendship with my father really um, kind of calmed my dad down. You know, because my dad is a very, like, passionate person. Um, he's had his moments of anger. And I do remember, and, you know, he's an artist. And my mother, my mother's an artist also. She's a floral designer. But I do remember that was like a turning point in my father's life. And obviously that impacted our lives. And right. he was probably a mentor my father needed in his life. And it was just so amazing, like, for it to kind of come full circle, like, watching that video. Isn't it crazy to think of how, like, the the influences on a person are also, like, influencing other people? Like, that person's influence on your dad, like, influenced you, like, indirectly influenced you? Correct. Because your dad was taking on the characteristics of him that he liked. So and those were the yeah. characteristics people liked. So those are also the ones that you would mimic. Exactly. Crazy. And I mean, you know, you could you could really sit here and get lost in it. And I'm sorry <laughs> if I'm rambling on and no, on about it's, this. It's, it's it's awesome. This video. And then he's saying, like, I have to I don't know why this feels like it means something, but um, he, they were like, buddy, would you, would you like to play? And he went and sat at the piano and he's saying Moon Glow, which is, you know, it's an old standard, but it's also a song from that is part of the love theme to a movie called Picnic. It's a play also, like people do it in high school probably. But that movie means so much to me. It's just like been a huge part of my life. It's a cheesy romance, like totally outdated story. But the love theme, it's like it really means something to me. And it begins with Moonglow. And so when he started singing that, I just thought, oh, my gosh, my heart is just bursting. And it was really special. And I can't find that video. I was actually thinking of calling the library just because I want to see him sing it again. <laughs> yeah. That would be... Well, I don't know. I think it did. Its... It, it served its purpose. Yeah, you know? I think so, too. I think so, too. And maybe now you don't need to see it. Maybe seeing it again would tarnish it somehow. That's true. I'll just keep it in my heart. <laughs> yeah, right where it's... <laughs> I still hear it. You know, I hear right. it in my, in my mind. Right. See, this is why I wanted to talk to you, because mm -hmm. you're just such a great storyteller. <laughs> you know, I don't know, I don't know if enough people tell you um, how what a great writer you are. Thank um, you. Like on your Instagram page, like mm -hmm. like I love reading your posts, just because it's like it's so. I don't know I just love great writing, you know, and and, and on there's it probably doesn't get communicated enough. Thank you. They, you know what? And I also, I kind of hide, like I don't put myself out there as much. And that's why like I'm, I'm talking to you right now. And that's, I think part of also why I went back to school and it's a much different experience than when um, I was in college, like the first time, like to, for my profession, because I literally at that time, I went to school to hide. And I think that because it was during a very tumultuous time in my family, we had um, all gone through something pretty tragic. And I think I was just throwing myself into something vigorous. You know, I was like, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to kind of forget about everything that has happened. And I'm going to make something of myself. And of course, we make those plans and life has other plans for us because ultimately I, I just cannot stand that profession, <laughs> you know, like I loved the schooling, but I don't like the profession. Um, and now that I'm in school, I'm in a uni major university here in the city and you are just forced. Like we do everything on video um, because I'm like in an adult learning program. And I thought, oh, cool. Like I could just kind of hide and learn. And they call you up. It's like being on Skype 24 seven. You have to, it's like having your own YouTube channel. 
And that is super out of my comfort zone. And I remember like we had to do these introductory videos months ago and I was just like desperate not to do it. You know, I thought I can't do this. Um, And my teacher was like, you know, my instructor, this isn't fifth grade. (laughs) My instructor was like, you're crazy. Why are you nervous about this? I want you to break out of your shell. And I've had some very amazing instructors already who have kind of echoed what you said. Like, um, I have this foundations and organizations course and that teacher is amazing. She's like, listen, I want you to keep writing. I want you to put yourself out there more. And I'm so pleased with that because it's, really encouraging but it's you know I really respect what a lot of these professors do and um, thank you so much for telling me that I feel the same way about your writing I think I was thinking back to like when I I think I was first following you and you wrote something and I can't remember the topic but I remember just literally writing I love you and it was because I really felt like that I was like you know, when I feel love for a person, and I, this sounds really hippie-ish, but I do love people, and I think that people are inherently good, and I know that's not a realistic thing to say, like, especially now, but I do think that there are more good people than bad people, and I do think that when I read stuff on Instagram or just even a book, it's one talent I will acknowledge is that I can... I could tell, I could tell the person, you know, I could tell what they're, that like their code, you know, what they're writing and what you write is really profound. And I appreciate what you do because I know it's coming from a really high place and you're, you're really reaching people. You're, that's your intention. That's what I believe. And so that's why I'm talking to you. And it's exciting. Like that, it's kind of exciting to talk to you because I feel like you know you're insta famous. No, so. not even. <laughs> not even. No, but I do feel like that. It's and you're good people. Like that's what's more important. Thank you. You know, not not just like you've got all these followers. You know, I'm not about that. I'm not about that. Like, um, it's when you're really reaching the masses, like genuinely, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how how my followers feel about this new podcast medium because they're not around like they used to be, or maybe it's just that that's just the trend now. No, no people aren't spending as much time online as they used to. So it feels like they're not there, but they're just off living their lives. Yeah. And you know, what? I, I really feel the exact same way. I know I try, I still love Instagram. I do. Um, and sometimes I'm like, oh, I didn't post anything, but I'm trying to also post when I have something to say instead of just to stay on schedule. Right. Because I notice when I do that, because I have done that, you know, I've been like, I haven't posted in a while. Let me post something. And I just throw out like some lazy quote, you know, like right. I'll own that, that I do that sometimes. Um, but I noticed when I wait and it's like I have whatever, like some interlocution or I have a dream I want to share or just something, you know, I'm looking at my son, you know, when you're a parent, like for me, I'll speak for myself because everyone's different. But I mean, sometimes I just look at my son and you see like the whole universe, you know, and that sounds really cheesy, but it's just so true. And so I kind of wait for those moments and it, it, it becomes more engaging, I feel, because people... They they can tell, like, if you really, you put it out there because it's there, you know, write what you know. What I know is I had this crazy experience, so I'm going to write about it from my heart. And all of a sudden, people are engaging, and I like that. I like to be with the people, you know, and everyone's picking it apart together. That's exciting for me. Right. Right. Well, I, I think that anybody listening should at least go follow you on Instagram, Thank you. It's the underscore ethereal underscore frequency. And I think that what I did, over what I've been doing over the past couple of days is kind of binge reading your Instagram page. Because okay. I just kind of got sucked in. And it's like just reading them like just in order. And it's so good. Thanks. So good. I don't, it's like, it's like 
I don't know. You're just such a great writer. You should like more people should be reading it. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that's it's gonna make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, but I mean I'm a crier, so you know I'll watch something like a comedy with like Steve Martin be crying. I know, me too. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, that was really deep. <laughs> and so I've, the older I get, the more I find myself crying over movies and TV. It's weird. Me too. Um, you, we're we're also alike in that we we use tarot cards mm-hmm. to kind of spark our writing. Or I don't know, maybe you, maybe you're different than me. I like to use them. That's kind of what. I don't I don't like really adhere to the card so much as I just use it for the spark of the idea and then I just write what comes. But, I do that. Okay, so we're the, so that's that's why we connect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do the exact same thing. How are you are you seeing like that even change? Like like the tarot community on online used to be like this big exciting kind of this wave that came through and I guess like all waves it eventually reaches shore and pulls back out. It just kind of it seems like there's just not that excitement there anymore. Like there's maybe you just got saturated. Yes. I think that, um, and I don't think this is 100% a bad thing, but I think it's become really commercialized. Obviously. I think a lot of people feel that way too. Um, I also think it's not as taboo anymore. You know, people like they get excited about doing something naughty. You know, I, That's just one angle. That's one uh, perspective. And I think that um, everyone's kind of everyone's kind of doing it for themselves also, you know, uh, so it's sort of lost its appeal of it's it's taboo. It's exotic. Maybe it is less exotic. I mean, there's just a new deck like every week. Um, And in some ways, that's good because there's some there's something for everyone. Um, but no, I, I do see what you're saying. I almost feel, I almost feel kind of guilty. I feel like I kind of helped because I I used to post so much that maybe I helped inundate the, you know, like you say, once it becomes mainstream, yeah, that loses its, its appeal, but, but maybe that's okay. Like maybe that's, it, it does reach more people that way. I agree. Um, I know that. It's it's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> it, this is so weird. I mean, I hear songs sometimes in my head, like when I'm talking, like that that will like boost the thought process. And I keep hearing like Huey Lewis's "Hip to Be Square" <laughs> in my head. That is so weird. But um, I mean, there's something to that. I think it is that it is really cool to do like the weird stuff now. Um. I know that my sister, like, we're kind of a, and I do agree with you that it's it's going to come in waves. I think we'll have another surge of people posting their pictures, their readings, um, their spreads. You know, people still do that, I think. Um, my younger sister has told me, she'll tell me often, hey, did you know that so-and-so's into reading now and so-and-so, and they're so into it, and my sister's like, hey, that's kind of like so 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, like, oh, right. my my sister's been doing that. Like, she's been using it to help herself. She's been using um, that to journal. Um, and I just, and I do kind of laugh about it. Like, I'll roll my eyes. I'll admit it. Like, sometimes, oh, here we go. Oh, so-and-so's into it. But we've all been there, you right. know. So I kind of check myself. And there were people moment. rolling their eyes at us. Correct. <laughs> you know? Correct. Like, oh, us. Uh, Believe me, yes, definitely. Where did this <laughs> bee come from? Um, <laughs> yes, definitely. But it is good. And I think, you know what, in a few years, because you really can discover so much about yourself um, using the cards. And um, I'm so grateful for it, to be honest. And I do miss it. Like, I do miss posting regularly. But I have to prioritize. And to be honest, it still is a priority. Like, I draw every day. One day I was actually going to, in my stories, post all the draws that I never post. Because I still take, I even take the photos, you know. And um, I have, what I've been doing this month is I was planning on doing like a newsletter. I still don't, I have a week to decide what I'm going to do with what I did this month. But, um. I've I've had some a really hard month 
kind of, to be honest, like with being in school and finals are coming up and I had like a separation from a friendship and that kind of started the month and it's, it, it's even weird to say like separation from a friendship, but it's kind of like a, a friendship that means a lot to me and we fade in and out of each other's lives. And, um, I had a really profound moment, like with my parents, like, you know, like I said, my dad's a musician. I was really sad about this. Um, it wasn't even like an argument, but just kind of parting ways with a friend. And I'm like the kind of person who will like suffer in silence. And I just was crying, you know, like I couldn't hide it. I was like kind of walking around the house crying. And my dad looked at me and he was, <laughs> he was like, Hey, something, something's going on. And, um, the next, I was still kind of sad, like in 24 hours into it. And my dad came home from work and he put his arm around me and he started singing Scarborough Fair. And it was really funny. And I said, you know, I don't even like that song. <laughs> and he said, you know, I don't either. Does but anybody? I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I really don't either, but I feel like that's for you. And he has a really beautiful voice, you know, and I'm not just saying that because he's my dad. And it was really meaningful that it was coming from him, you know, and it's, again, amazing nod to the universe that all of our messages come through people we love, like, in the most amazing ways. And he said, I just know that's for you. And it was really comforting. He, and he asked, you know what that song is about? And I said, isn't it about like impossible tasks? And it reminded me that sometimes we wish the impossible um, from people we love. And it's not fair to to do that. And of course, I that made me a little more teary-eyed and my dad said, but you know who's really crying about that? Dustin Hoffman, because his career is over. And, you know, we just started <laughs> laughing. You know, he he just really brought some levity to the situation. And I thought it was so funny. And um, I ended up drawing cards about that whole thing. And the draws were really amazing. And so I sat down at my computer and I made like little stationery with my icon that I have for um, Skype. And it's just an like a drawing I did with like the ethereal frequency and it's pink and it's got all those images. And so I've just been adding to it like every other day. And I was thinking of just putting that out, like put it like in link tree and say, hey, this is what I did this month. And I kind of finally figured out who my dad is in this deck. And um, even like the song, I was like, what is this? What is the meaning of this song? And I had some draws like that corresponded to it. And I think, you know, I always start those lion hearts challenges because they're great and I never finish them. And I was and he did like a story, like a fairy tale uh, prompt this month. And so I have like some cards for that that I actually expanded on more than like an Instagram. And so I have all that in there. And I was looking at it this morning like, well, I'll get to that. I'll conclude that pretty soon. And I don't know if that's something I'd like to do like during the month, like every month. Right. I'm so sorry, I'm rambling. But I anyway, yeah, that, no. that's like something um, I'm still out like I'm still doing a practice of drawing cards and writing and um, stuff like that. I just, I don't get around to posting it on Instagram and I don't know. I, some, some part of me feels like all of these few years that I've been posting these readings for people has been, you know, to just put it out there and help people. And as you're talking, I'm thinking maybe it was just my own self-help <laughs> And you get you get to a point. All those readings were really for me, and you get to a point where like you, it's kind of hard to like write them for people because like you there's nothing left to write for yourself. You know, you just kind of reach this 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 po point where it's like I don't even need to use the cards anymore. I can kind of just I just know the moment which card it should be. I, I, yes. I know what card we're living, so I don't even need them anymore. And that makes it that takes away the visual. And and who wants to even listen to me anyway without the card? It doesn't even like, you know, what's my, where's my authority without the card? I feel you on that. But you know what? I have been literally been having the exact same kind of thoughts 
lately. Like if I, cause I've never done readings professionally. I mean, maybe I like a handful, like word of mouth, you know, like you never see me out there like, Hey, I've got a sale. Hey, I'm doing that. Cause I just don't because I'm super chicken to do that. A and, um, B it's kind of like what you're saying. I, I mean, you know, not to, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm not like some great Oracle of Chicago or anything, but it, it is like, sometimes you just know, like you don't even need, you don't need to look, you can, you can just consciously pull it out. Like you said, you could say, you know what? I know exactly which archetype this is. I know what's happening and like your energy field. I think this would be a good image. This would be a good meaning to reflect on. And someone might say, well, where are you pulling that out of? There's no, you know, magic shawl you're wearing. And I want all of the the bells and whistles, but I feel like the right client or friend. Um, I always feel weird, like calling someone a client for a reading. I mean, and that is indeed what they are, but I do think that someone you're working with that they, if they're drawn to you, they would get that. I think, you know, it's developing trust and I think you're trustworthy. I think that, you're a magnificent reader that's very obvious through your feed. Um, and so I think I I know that I would have a certain kind of client that I would like. You know, I, I would never take like the love readings and, you know, is he going to call me because I just can't, right. you know. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's why, because there's a lot of um, there's a lot there. There's a lot of emotion. I mean, and we've all been there. You know, I mean, I did some work on a psychic telephone line a couple of years ago. And the reason I can't do it is because it, 99% of the calls are love people wanting a love reading. Yeah. And I just don't have the answers they want to hear. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's that stuff we know because we've been doing it for a while and, you know, I think the longer that you have a familiarity and a relationship with reading, um, it's it becomes more challenging to say, hey, I think you should just not be with anyone for a while. And it's it becomes like it's a common sense answer to right. like, right. I think you're looking, you know, it's that it's that old cheesy song you know you're looking for love in all the wrong places and there's only so much you could force feed also like you have to love yourself first I mean people a they don't want to hear that they're not ready to accept that yet and sometimes that's not always true you know I mean it, for the most part it is you know you have to have like self-worth and self-respect um but you have to have I think self-awareness and the ability to like really self-evaluate from an honest place. And sometimes when you're looking for love, you're not doing that. You know, and that's like a muscle you have to practice. You have to say like, I'm going to really, I'm going to ask myself a couple questions every day. Like, is this good for me? Am I doing the same thing? Am I kind of chasing the same kind of person? Am I, why do I need someone? You know, and I mean, people, I think people, are better when they're with companionship, when they're in a community. Um, I think people thrive that way, even introverts, you know, like introverts unite, mm -hmm. but um, like not everyone is good with like the typical kind of companionship. And I think everyone is looking for what they think they're supposed to be looking for. Like I'm supposed to be married. I'm supposed to, I've never been married. Um, I've never looked at that as like a defect. I inherently knew. I remember I always had a boyfriend like since I was in eighth grade. And this is, has been the longest time that I haven't had like a romantic relationship. And it's been years like since that. And that's fine. But I remember being like 16 or 17 and it's like a family party. And my aunt, was asking my mom, who do you think will get married first? There's four siblings in my family. I have two sisters and one brother. And I'm the second oldest. And my mother said, oh, probably Jules. And my aunt said, me too. And I remember even shocking myself. I was sitting at the table and I said, I don't think I'll get married for a really long time. <laughs> and my aunt asked, don't you want to have kids? And I said, oh, I'll probably be a mother before I'm a wife. 
And that's what happened. And I want to say, sometimes I wonder, was that a self-fulfilling prophecy or did I just know? And I think I just knew. Yeah. Well, what's the I think difference? It just, exactly. <laughs> and I said, I think I'll be a mother. And it, I was so cool like about it. And everyone was like, hey, she's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's kind of been my life, you know. That's like, funny. no, I, I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't think I'm going to conform. I just don't see it. And I, like, had a boyfriend at the time. And even, I, I don't know. And I've been, like, deeply in love. I mean, I've had all that. Kind of, I obviously keep going off on tangents. I'm sorry. Well, we were talking about love reading. Well, well, that's okay. That's okay. That's what we're doing here. I, I think it's really interesting that you have what you've chosen to go back to school in. Um, and I think that like all this, all the tarot reading and knowledge you've gained will just, I mean, it's, it's kind of like you already, that will help you so much. And when you get into those positions of chaplain, <laughs> you know, yeah. suddenly yeah. you have the authority. I mean, that gives you a reason to be able to speak, you know what I mean? Without, instead of using a card, you're kind of going with your title and yeah. I just, man, it's cool that, I mean, it's just this natural, like, you could just see why, like, if you look back at your life, you can see it all, like, leading to now. I can. I've had to write about it. Something else that is happening in school, I'm having, obviously, a lot, of, there's a lot of reflection. It's a Catholic school. It's a Jesuit school, actually, and um, I love it because it's accepting of all faiths. You know, the motto of a Jesuit is God is in all things. And they, you know, they teach world religions. They're very accepting of like um, everything I write about. Like I'm like, you know, I ha I used to have this tarot group and um, I learned so much in there. And I, I was expecting a lot of like heads to turn like, Oh my gosh, get her out of here. Like this is a Catholic school and everyone, the instructors, that is so cool. Tell me more. I want to know. I want to see your Instagram. That's so interesting. And, um, I love it. And so it's, I'm kind of excited that they're really, they want to know more about it. And we have to write like a blog, like a school blog and, I just am constantly talking about how that helped me. And that's a relief because I always say like, yeah, that happened. That happens in our organization, like uh, the community of readers. Cause we're always talking about like, um, you know, org organizational behavior, like how do pe how do people, how are people in leadership roles and all think about that on Instagram. Like I consider you a leader in the community. I consider, um, Oh, what's her name? Is it Katya? Katya Beaton. Yes. Yeah. She's a leader in our community. That's who someone I look to. And I mean, you know, I'll talk about you guys and nothing bad. I never say anything bad. Right. <laughs> And I'll say, you know, like we, hey, we do have leaders in our community and they are helping people. It's just unconventional right now. Um, I actually think it will become more conventional. Even how we're talking about card reading is a lot more mainstream. Now, I think that's a good thing because people need so much help, you know, like just in, in feeling not good about it, not just good about themselves. I mean, everyone needs a personal cheerleader. But just the compassion and not everyone speaks the same language, you know, therapy and help. I'm trying to think like counsel, like what's a good word, but it's not a one size fits all. And I think the better, the more that we know that, the better off uh, counselors and therapists and just support groups and communities, the better off they'll be because, you know, they're like, tarot reading and like just posting these these um, you know scenarios these stories that we post it extends out you know it really branches out it there's seeds falling from what we're doing and it inspires other people to say hey there's a lot there's a lot of other people out there who are unconventional in therapeutic ways and who pray in different ways and they pray for me and you know, it might not be like in this huge cathedral, but wow, like that person across the country is thinking of me. Right. They're reflect they're reflecting on an image and thinking of me. 
Well, and like we were talking about earlier, the influence that we have on each other and how that yeah. rubs off on each other. Yes. And and suddenly, suddenly, this person that you don't even know, they, they may never even post a picture of themselves. It might just be all just photographs with words underneath. But suddenly, yeah. like that person is affecting you in a way that it's affecting how you're treating other people, which is, you know, it's just... I guess it's the pay it forward scenario. Yes, it's real. And it's impactful. And I love it. I love it. And yeah, like, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm at this Catholic university and some of something that's very taboo, like in the church, it's impacting others. They're interested. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pick up a book. Wow, that's really cool. Who else do you follow? I'm going to look into that because it sounds really neat. It sounds so kind and um, compassionate. And it's like, I'm, I, you know, I'm bringing it to the, I'm bringing one gospel to another. <laughs> right, <laughs> no, I right. don't know. I don't know. But that's, that's what's really cool about the whole university is that it's about that. It's about like working together. And understanding um, each other's faith practices. And um, I like it. It's exciting. It's been kind of tough, like I said, because it's just been a whirlwind of change. It's just change, change, like so many things dying and becoming something new. But obviously, I'm ready. I have I have all A's. I'll be done next week. And then I'll get ready for summer school. Congratulations. Thanks. So I, I'm making it. Where where do you see yourself going with it after school? Like, what's your um, what's your end end goal with this? I mean, and you may not have one. I'm just, and it may change. But like right now, no, where are you thinking? No, exactly. I you know, I have, I have. I mean, they're usually like committed or a flake. I do. I would like to be a chaplain. Of what I don't know. Obviously, um, in the Catholic Church, I can't. You know, I can't be one because I'm a, a female. I don't, I, but I don't know. I could see myself like working with, even like with people in my profession, because there's a huge imbalance in my profession of court reporting. Um, so I could see myself, you know, and that would be like the title, but you'd probably, I don't want to say like be like a life coach, but probably that's like something I could equate it with. So like doing something like that. But just, you know, helping the community or just continuing, honestly, like continuing doing like the readings and stuff. Um, I do want to write a book. I feel like I'm supposed to. And it's weird because I'm so busy right now, but I've been writing and writing and writing. Right, it's not time right now. Yeah. And um, but I just I, I envision that um, I don't know how much that would help people, but I have like just gobs of stories and um i just have to believe in myself a little bit more to do that but you know like either through writing or like face-to-face like counseling like being like a spiritual counselor um i think i'd love to help like just people like women you know who don't believe in themselves or who just need that boost i also really love kids um so, so there's yeah, so many I mean, options. Yeah, yeah. And I really like how the, your current profession of court reporter, like mm-hmm. the the attention to detail that I'm sure you, you don't even realize has integrated into your every moment. You know, just having to like be on that alert is like yeah. Just well, just it just helps with your like intuitive. Correct. Yes. Oh, you get it. That's definitely it. And you have to be innovative. I didn't realize that until I took this one course about organizations, you know, and um, she asked me, the instructor asked me, like, when have you had to be innovative and be a creator in your profession? And I was like, okay, well, I'm thinking, oh, give me a break. I'm just listening to these <laughs> attorneys, like, argue all the time. Um, And that's totally not true. And as it's like it just came out of me like, oh, my gosh, I really have to think on the fly. And you almost have to know what is going to be testified to, what is going to be argued, the words coming out of their mouth before they say it. Right. And I said, because, um, you know, it's like a whole different language. It's not like typing on a keyboard letter by letter. It's a very bizarre keyboard. And you, it's like playing the piano. 
which I pr- obviously have probably those genes of playing an instrument. Right. Um, the mu- musician. That, that's your instrument. Yeah, it definitely is. And um, it's like hitting chords, you know, like you hit a few keys at once. Like I might for open lines radio, I already know what I hit it in one stroke, like OPL with an asterisk. And um, it would be open lines radio instead of me having to finesse, like you usually type out like per syllable, like open lines radio. Um, And I would just do that. So I was talking about how sometimes you have to think on the fly, like, oh my gosh, we call that a brief form. So I'm making up briefs like constantly. And then you write it down like, oh, oh my gosh, for like Juliana Ramirez, I wrote like, like goals, like with a star and, um, and you like apply it to your dictionary and just, you also have to think on the fly when you're dealing with all these different personalities, like the judge might be really cool and you're joking around with him or something. And then the attorneys are PO'd. Like, Your Honor, I want to approach the bench. And, like, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, just stop. You're not in a movie. And it's also, (laughs) like, it's kind of like you have to learn to read the room because the witness might be really, like, in a bad way and they're crying. And even though I say nothing, I say a lot with my body. So I have to just sit there and not make faces, which is really hard because I'm so animated. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, wow, did you really just go there? I can't believe it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and a lot of that obviously is listening to people's stories. And um, that's kind of like what a chaplain does. And the more I was reading about their program, like at Loyola, that you go and you like you do these, you you write down notes you have to do like almost like a verbatim record which is what I do of like what the people are talking about um hospice is another thing that really interests me because I just have um I have a great love for like the death process which sounds morbid but I think it's a could be a really beautiful thing if you have like your community there with you and I would love to be part of something like that like when someone's saying goodbye Um, and that kind of comes from the inspiration of like when my grandmother passed away, she was in hospice care in her home. She was fortunate enough. And that was always her wish. She said, I want to, you know, die in my house with my family around me in my own bed. And that's exactly what happened. And she had like the most beautiful hospice care. They were wonderful people. And, um, I just think of how beautiful that was. And I would love to be part of something like that that's kind of what inspired me also to go for that program because they have a really excellent program like with hospice care and um like the death process and you'd be good with at that thanks yeah I'm, I'm into that and you know my dad like he retired from working at um like downtown and stuff and he works for the church and he mostly does he does like mass and stuff on the weekends but he does funerals and people like this sounds really crazy they request him they're like listen people have gone up to him when i when i pass away when i die i want you to sing at my funeral and he's like i'll be there (laughs) and you know what so many people like will stop us on the street or will stop me and say oh my gosh your dad played for my uncle's funeral and it was so nice and um it's meaningful you know and that's a ministry and i don't know if that's something in my line too like I mean because when you think about it it's, everything goes back to our ancestors if that's kind of like our forte is death um, and I love it I think that's it sounds so weird but I love it I think it's really cool no it doesn't sound weird it's meaningful to be there for someone when they're they're ending something so massive like this journey and I think people need to know that they're loved and supported at the end and their families need that, you know, and in, in many ways, it's like we talk about it all the time, like in my house, like people need that send off, but their family is needed too. you know, that's to give them the strength and to remind them that, you know, they're just in a different form. Now they're always with you. We're celebrating their life. It's to help them celebrate like the life instead of saying, Hey, it's over. You know, it's, death can be a celebration of your life and um, I would really love to be part of that. So I'm kind of changing my answer (laughs) earlier. Um, I found a friend. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> um, I'll change. This is my final answer. Um, so silly. <laughs> It's no, it's, I'm just right. I'm I'm just my mind's just blown right now because I'm just thinking of things I've never thought of before. The first thing is, I've never really thought of the court reporter as a human being. <laughs> you know, it's always just no, and no one does this person okay. typing over in the corner. Yeah, but yeah. but really, like you've got to sit there and and like bear witness to all this without saying without opinion. <laughs> and, correct, correct, but. And so you're also you're writing it in this other language that's kind of another yeah. language. Yes, it is. And and how much that would help you to help people because like really to help people, what you want to do is just reflect them, you know, show them a reflection of themselves so that they can understand what they need to change about themselves. Yeah. And a reflection is not the actual thing. So like you're changing, you can change the message just enough through this I guess it's a shorthand almost to like let so people could actually like see themselves like it's, I don't know it's just I don't know no, <laughs> it I totally me follow, away. <laughs> no I follow what you're saying and that is that's it and that's kind of what I I love the language I love it because I mean I'm I'm with them I'm I'm in the heartbeat of their story you know like I'm taking it down real time and sometimes you actually record it in your body that's not good for me um I took a seminar a few months ago cuz I have to you know keep up my license points and one woman gave this presentation about vicarious trauma and I was like I'm all about this oh my gosh this is such this is real stuff that she's talking about like uh I, I hated working at juvenile court, and that was before I was even a mother. And to be honest, it was really hard being on the criminal side, like the juvenile delinquency side, because some of these kids were getting arrested, and um, the handcuffs don't even fit on them, and their parents never came to pick them up. And I'm thinking, what parent like doesn't see that their child has been missing overnight or for, even for like the whole weekend? Right. And no wonder they're getting arrested because no one's watching them. And, you know, you take their testimony and like why they're selling drugs or whatever they're doing, you know, and um, you can't say anything and you're you're there. You're so invested. And, you know, you're not supposed to be. But my God, you know, we're human beings. And I'll, I'll speak for myself. Some reporters are just like they're about the money and they're doing it, you know. Um, but for me, it's like I'm there. I'm like in, literally like invested. I'm, I'm sitting there in the heartbeat of their story. Everything's in a rhythm and um, I can't say anything. And so that's kind of where obviously it separates aside from like the spirit. Everything's spiritual. But um. Like going into like chaplaincy, I could say something then, you know, like I could listen to the story. I could be in the heartbeat of the story. I might even take it down in shorthand, you know, but I can have an exchange with this person. And so that's something to look forward to, you, you know, almost don't even need to say anything. A lot of times the yes. release from other people is just as allowing someone else to speak. That's and listening. true. The active listening. And that's why I think it's going to help you so much. It's like, like the skills that you gained in your current life are going to like just help you so much in your future life. It's like it's just so cool how you can just see how it all is coming together. Yeah, it is kind of cool, and I'm so glad that we I've done this phone call because you're helping me. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you like. Sometimes I'm proud of myself for doing this, for like making this change and um, and some things still remain the same. But I feel like I've lost so much stuff, like going back to school. And I really haven't. And it's it's just been such a change. It's been challenging. I've been kind of pushed to my limits. And to be honest, this is the first time I'm talking about going back to school. Like even some of my relatives don't even know. I haven't told friends. I think like one friend knows. Um, and part of that is because of, like I said, I hide. Like I've been kind of hiding instead of like owning these these cool things that I do. Well, that might be you one know? of the negative side effects of the court reporting is that you, you become used to just being this person in the corner that has to have no opinion and also not internalize anything. That's it. And that's it. And I actually shared that last night in class. 
I said, because we were talking about like authentic leadership, really cool discussion. I loved it. And um, we were talking about like the activities that make an authentic leader and what are some things you need to like work on. And I said, mine is actually like talking to like receiving feedback because that and like um requires like a level of trust. And I was like, I'm so used to doing things on my own, like literally, because it's like you're a one woman show, you know, like you, you go into, or one, you know, one person show, you go into um, the courtroom, you know what you need to do, or even anywhere. Like I've been to hospitals, like you take all kinds of testimony, but you just, you go into the work zone, you know what you're supposed to do. You sit down, you swear in the witness, you take all the testimony down, you produce a transcript and you give it to them. You hardly speak to them, you know, I mean, and you do, obviously there's like, you know, exchange of, it's like customer service too, but you don't really have a team. You don't really rely on other people's feedback because it's so ingrained in you. Like you do it, you do it alone, you do it perfect or else you lose your license. (laughs) It's just like a lot of of extremes. Also, it really is like, Hey, if you make a mistake, if you miss that comma, you know, you're going to lose your license. And it's like, Oh my gosh, like, wow. And it's that kind of like that uh, insistence of perfection also that makes you I'll speak for myself but it makes me want to just kind of remain in the corner you know and you know what I'm just I'm not perfect I don't have the perfect thing to say um so I'm just going to sit here and reflect on that and that's not healthy and I'm glad that I'm kind of moving away from that and have goals to do other things um but it has helped me so much you know so it's that's what's amazing. It really has. I, I go back to like all the things I've learned in my career and um, I know definitely know what not to do. Like if I had to do court reporting all over again, I obviously, you know, like most people in hindsight, I know what mistakes I've made, what would make me a better reporter, but it's uh, would never erase the fact that it, I don't think it's my passion and I don't think it's my ultimate purpose in life. I think it's just been a stepping stone. It's been a really long leg of it, a really long stepping stone, but um, I don't know. I'm pushing off now. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, well, and look, you've made all these mistakes in your past life that you weren't passionate about. So now in this new life that you are passionate about, you won't have to make them. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And, like, I loved court reporting school. I flew through it because I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so weird. And I have this talent. I never Because you have to have kind of like a talent for it. And I flew through school. And just once I got out, I was like, this is nothing I expected. This is really hard. This is really ugly. It's kind of an ugly profession in some ways. I shouldn't say that. But, I mean, it's just for me. You know, I was like, hey, this is just not. I hope it gets better. I hope it gets better. And it's been 16 years of that. Like, I hope it gets better. Um, (laughs) And like I said, coming back to school as as an older student, it's been challenging. But I keep telling myself, listen, you're doing it. You're doing a great job. And you loved your other experience in school and didn't love the profession. So maybe this is like the flip side. It's a lot more challenging right now. but I think it will really help me in my end goal. Right. I'm I'm so happy that you decided to talk to me because I think in I think your story is so inspiring. Um, just just because like just to take that step when you're already established in something and you're kind of you know I wouldn't say midlife yet, but you know. Hey man, I am. I'm gonna tell you like. <laughs> You know, you know, like 20 years ago, yeah. especially like they tend to be like this lady, midlife crisis, going back to school. But I think doesn't I have think a husband. A midlife crisis is a good thing. You know, you should, you should, if, if you're having a midlife crisis, your life needs a shakeup. Oh, and so true. many people don't, and so many people just think, nope, this is what I chose, and this is what I decided, and they don't look at life as like that was the training for the, this whole other life I could have, and it's like. Your story is inspiring because it's like it, it, it kind of like you're like this. 
you're almost like a musician, you know, and like your 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 story is your song, and it's like you can, now that's how you're able to turn it around. Like other people can look at your story and get a reflection of themselves. You're just so good at doing that. Thank you so much. That's so crazy that you just said that about the musician because one of my like favorite people, he's just one of my favorite people. He um he told me once that you know sometimes when I see your work online, I feel like you're the conductor of a symphony. And that has always stuck with me because I remember that made me cry because I thought it was a really beautiful analogy. And I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you. That's yeah. so nice. That's what reading your Instagram page is like. Thank you. I mean, we don't realize we're, we do it when you post daily one at a time and when you even when you read people's <laughs> yeah. one day at a time. But when you go back and like binge browse through someone's Instagram page like that yeah. that story you you see it take shape it's cool like you like your your Instagram page is really cool i really like thank it thank you so much and i'm really glad you went back to school for no other reason than it, it's forcing you to write think it is it is so thank you so much oh my gosh and now i'm not nervous and like the hours up i was i have been so nervous when my rambling days are over and my gambling days are through when my rambling days are over and my gambling days are through if you tell me that you love me i'll be coming back to you 